listening to No Names All Game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is Monday, October 4th, and your Nittany Lions are 5-0 and after a 24-0 victory over Indiana. We remain number four in the country in the AP poll. My name is Chris Ankin, joined as always by my co-host, Pat Kalikio. Pat, how are you feeling after a nice win? I mean, you got to feel pretty good about it. You get the revenge from last year. Uh, defense looked incredible, uh, as has been the story of the season. Offense was, you know, not as dynamic as we want, but got the job done. But, you know, end of the day, you, you come away with a, a W that you needed. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a 24 nothing win. There's a lot of talk on Twitter and online of, you know, it should have been a more dominating win. We weren't as sharp on offense. It should have been a 40 nothing, a 45 nothing, or whatever. Um, you know, and that, that then parlays itself into, well, that's why Iowa jumped us. We could have been number three. I, uh, I tweeted out when uh, I woke up on Sunday, said it's a great day to get ranked number three in the country. And that was me kind of just trying to put some good vibes out there. Uh, had a lot of people instantly, instantly replying, I was going to jump us. I was going to jump us. But I wanted to believe. I wanted to feel good yeah. that, hey, we won. We shut them out. First time Indiana's been shut out since the year 2000. Um, it, it, was, it was a win. Uh, Iowa jumped us, uh, which I then tweeted. I thought it was a joke. I thought I was being sarcastic. I said, uh, as I was saying, AP poll is, is meaningless. I've never respected their opinions. I thought it was clear that that was a joke, and I got nothing but hate replies. Like, dude, you're surprised? We don't deserve it. Iowa deserves it. They beat the shit out of Maryland. I was like, guys, I said before that the AP doesn't matter. It doesn't matter until we get to the yeah. CFP rankings. I thought that was a joke, but let's start there. Um, I think we actually have a Twitter question on this one from our guy, uh, Drew Cagle, Cagle's Bagels. Were we unfairly jumped by Iowa in the AP poll? I don't really care. It'll get settled on Saturday. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, he answered your own question. There is literally nothing in the world of college football that matters less than where Penn State and Iowa are ranked because they're about to play each other. Yes. Like if, even if it was four weeks away, I could be like, "Oh, that kind of that's kind of bullshit." Or if they were never playing each other, it could really matter. But it's literally happening this week. There, it would be impossible for this to be less consequential. Yeah, yeah, I, I completely agree. I won't beat this to death, but I think you could also make the argument if you really want to like split hairs and break it down. Like when we jumped them, did we really deserve to jump them? Because they won. Yeah. We just had a quote quote better win that given week. Like. Is what it is. Don't care. We're still a top five team in the country right now playing really good football. We are 5-0, and which is such a nice change of scenery from 0-5. How little we yes. forget. Um, things are good in Happy Valley right now. So let's jump into this game. Uh, we got our Lion, which is our MVP. We got some awards. We got some Twitter questions. Let's start off with the Lion. Who is your MVP of this game? It's going to be a second one of the season going on the Bichetti, man. I mean – I don't think anyone, I, you know, we all were excited when we heard about this guy. Amy, even saying excited might be overstating how we felt about this kid coming in. And I, I can't think of like a transfer being more impactful other than, you know, like Jalen Hurts or like someone like that at Oklahoma. You know, th this kid's got two blocked field goals in five games. He had three tackles and I think our own might have been our only sack of the game. I mean, I think we had two. There's one, one two? Others, Okay. But yes. But, but it was, yeah, it was a nice sack. He's been incredible. I like it's, you cannot overstate, man. What a shot in the arm. How important this guy has been for this team. He's been great. He's our every down, like defensive lineman. He's a stud. Yeah. 
Yeah, I actually, uh, we, we do this often, but I actually had him as my line as well. Um, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a different one just so we don't continually repeat them. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, his, his sack, if I remember correctly, was very timely. And then also, if I remember correctly, uh, when we stopped them on downs in the red zone, I believe he was the one to, to make the first hit um, and, yes. and bring, bring the running back down behind the line. So um, agreed. He's been a huge addition transfer-wise. I'll, I'll have some foreshadowing. There's another big transfer on this team. I think we forget he's a transfer, a little Jordan Stout, cough, cough. Um, oh. But but Arnold Ebicady, I think it's Ebicady. I always say Ebicady. The announcers are saying Ebicady, so I'm gonna I'm gonna switch okay. to that. Um, yeah, he blocked the field goal. That saves three points. That that keeps the shutout intact. Does a shutout really matter versus 24-0 versus 24-3? No, but it's cool to say. It's fun to say. Yeah, we shut out a team that hasn't been shut out in 21 years. That's fun. Um, so I'm gonna give mine. Uh, I'm gonna stay on the defensive side of the ball in a game like this. I think it has to go to the defense. Uh, I'm gonna go Brandon Smith. Um, and th- this might be more of like a culmination, like a, uh, you know, how they do like lifetime achievement awards. This might be like a season time achievement award. I like like that. he's just, I do like he's that. been better, better than I expected, or, or he's met the expectations this season. Um, but this was a, a, a good game for him. He had five tackles, uh, one sack. He should have had two. Had two. There's yeah. one. There was one. He was a free player and just stopped. <laughs> um, I don't he know if he thought, did he whiff? Yeah. He, I, I thought he ran in too hard. Okay. Okay, that might be true because I. It looked I like Kenix took times. like one step up, and he just whiffed. Yeah, I. The only thing going through my head, I thought maybe he was like expecting. Maybe he thought he was about to throw it and didn't want to get hit with a roughing the passer. But you're probably right. He probably just whiffed. Um, but he had one pass defended in this game too. I, I just he's he's been. He's been nice to watch. Like, I don't have a ton to say on it, but as a guy who, you know, we talked about five-star prospect, he's got to take that next step, got to be a leader on this defense. Um, we have a lot of leaders on this defense right now. Yes. We have a lot of guys playing out of their minds, so I think it goes a little bit under the radar. But he's playing some good football. Uh, he's, he's being the guy that we need him to be. Is he playing up to Micah Parsons' level linebacker, five-star linebacker? No, not quite, but he's playing good football. Uh, he's my lion this week. Shout out, Brandon Smith. Love it. All right, let's jump into some awards. I got two of them this week. I don't know how many you have, but go ahead and kick it I got off. Two. You start. You start as always. I'm gonna go with the Booby Miles Award. Can the you guess Booby what it is? Miles Award. Y'all want to win? Put Booby in. Right. Mm. This is gonna go to Kevon Lee. I'm thinking. It is not. It's gonna Ooh. go to Jahan Dotson. Okay. So do, do you remember the uh, the scene in Friday Night Lights where they're watching everyone like all oh, the Parents and the scouts are all out there watching the practice, and Booby's uncle is just bragging about him. He goes, he can spin left, he can spin right. He'll, he'll fill up the Gatorade cooler, walk the dog, and paint your back porch. And, and he, he can, can pass. pass. <laughs> yep. okay. That is Jahan okay. Dotson, dude. The guy's got, what, like five touchdowns on the season. He's been – Six. Yeah, I think he's been above 50 yards in every game, leading the team in receptions, leading the team in yards. He's been named Mel Kuyper's best wide receiver in the country. I mean, like, and he had twice this season, and he can pass 100% completion percentage. It was a really the nice kid pass. does it all. The kid it was does a it really all. nice pass on the run, a dime to Parker Washington. Yeah. Like, beautiful. Um, I love that award. Uh, it's funny because, like, I'm sitting there going, Jahan Dotson had two touchdowns, easily could be the lion, but we give it to him every week. So let's, let's skip that. My first award, my first award here, you're probably going to guess who this is now, by the way, I'm saying this, uh, mine's the Rubius Hagrid award. Rubius Hagrid. 
Are you a Harry I'm Potter a fan? I'm a huge Harry Potter fan. I actually auditioned yeah. to be on a Harry Potter quiz show on TV. Oh, wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. um, um, I, I'm just going gonna, gonna to give it to you because it's Jahan Dotson. Uh, <laughs> it's funny that you had a Jahan, so I'm just going to go Fair with my Jahan. Uh, this has nothing to do with Hagrid's appearance, his looks, anything like that. It has to go with one of the most iconic lines in the Harry Potter universe, the story delivered by Ru Rubius Hagrid. And I'm going to alter it a little bit from you're a wizard, Harry, to you're a wizard, honey. He's a wizard on the field. He is, he is magic with the ball in his hands. Basically, everything you just said is the reason I gave him this award. Uh, he does it all. He's magic. When that first touchdown, beautiful ball by Cliff. Put it only where he could catch it, but that's because Jahan has shown him that he will go up and get it. He will make that play. He's gained that confidence from Clifford. Um, and it was, he made it look easy. Uh, second touchdown was so casual. Uh, Cliff hits him at like the 20-yard line. He basically walked in. Um, he's lining up inside. He's lining up outside. We're getting him on jet sweeps on these reverse passes. And literally in my notes document, in all caps, I go, and he can pass. <laughs> I, sh I really should have got that when you, when you said sure. three miles. Um, he's a wizard. He's, he's doing he it all. It's, it, it's, there's no words. Jahan, you're amazing. Pro football focus. Fuck yourself. Um, but they don't like Jahan? No, they, they, they had him like on uh, every oh, top 10 list the coming into yeah. the season. They didn't have him on any. So that, that's just a little from me to you. I, I hate you guys, but I like you when you put stats in our favor kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but a double Jahan Dotson Award with two different movie characters. That's, uh, I like that's it. a first. All right. What's your second award? Second award, I'm going with the Shangri-Las Award. Shangri-Las? I don't know this one. This is going to be a tough one. Okay, hit me. So, I'm not going to guess it. Famous song by the 50s girl band, Shangri-Las, leader of the pack. Famous line, that's when I fell for the leader of the pack, Kevon Lee. Last, okay. This Saturday was when I fell for the leader of the back. In our running back room, Kevon Lee. Guy averaged like nine yards a carry. He got the job done. You know, I had one small complaint about his play on Saturday. But other than that, I think he has separated himself as our go-to guy. He should be leading this team in carries. He should be leading this team in rushing yards. Uh, other than like, you know, the very short yardage situation where you just need one or two, he's a, he should be our guy getting the ball. Leader of the back was very funny. I almost spit up my water. That's why you didn't hear me audibly laughing. I was trying to hold it in. I'll be um, honest with you, I came up with that on the spot. I didn't have that prepared. That was good. Leader <laughs> of the back. That's pretty good. Uh, I agree. We, you know what? We have, uh, we, have some, we have some Twitter questions, so let's jump into it since we're on the topic. Um, obviously, the question on everyone's mind, and uh, Shane Lunnan, our friend Shane, asks it flat out, is it time to sit Noah Kane? Love that kid, but the, he looks way less than 100% out there. Um, another one from Gorski, Gorski Lion, I think I'm saying that right, said, who should start at running back? Uh, CJ Scalzetti said, wouldn't it be better to rest Kane this week and the bye to give him two-plus weeks to get back? Um, I think those were all of them, but a lot of questions on what's wrong with Noah Kane, who should be the running back? So you have made it clear, Kevon Leisure number one, is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, I mean, is it confirmed that there's something wrong with Noah Kane? I know so he like here's... basically sat the Villanova game, right? Um, but like, has James Franklin come out? I don't. I don't imagine he would. But he hasn't come out and said that like Noah Kane is battling anything, has he? No, no, exactly. And and he doesn't really talk about those things. He doesn't. He doesn't normally comment on any injuries unless they're season ending. So it was actually even a little surprising to hear him say 
why he sat out most of the Villanova game. He said he was dinged up in practice. You know, we, we wanted to give him some rest. So um, to answer Shane's question, is it time to sit Noah Kane? I want to say no. You're not going to sit the guy completely. I do think we're going to start seeing a shift in carries, right? This season, uh, he has 59. Kevon has 28. Lovett has 23. So clear leader in the back has been, uh, has been Noah Kane. Uh, this game, he, he was the leader as well. He had 11. Uh, Lovett had 10, some of them coming in garbage time. Uh, and Kevon only had eight this game, if I'm reading that correctly, yeah. even though he led us in, in yards. I um, say he had three times as many yards, though. I mean, he had that one big play, which is about 44. Yeah. Um, so I think, I think you're going to see – I mean, that still God, leaves him with 50 yards on seven carries. Which is fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm okay with that. Um, so I think, I think you're going to see a shift in, in the number of carries. I don't think you see Noah Kane sit unless it's actually something that's injury-related. To, to CJ's question, should we sit him this game in the bye? I mean, you never want to sit arguably your – or not – I don't want to say arguably, but like potentially – uh, you know, most talented or very talented running back against a good team, but the results on the field are showing it. So I think you well, see a shift in carries right there that leaves him with 30 yards on seven carries, not 50. Okay. I was saying, you know what? I, I thought that sounded a little weird, but I, I didn't have it. Math's I didn't have hot, it up. Baby. I just wanted to do the math. Um, here's one I was looking at his 9.3 per carry and saw like 93, you know? Oh, I gotcha. I gotcha. Okay. Hey, we're not a math podcast. That's all right. We're not, not a math, math podcast. Um, the only thing I'll say, Noah Kane is the only running back with rushing touchdowns this season, three of them to be exact, one in each of the first three games. They had uh, one in Wisconsin, one in uh, Ball State, one in Auburn. Kevon doesn't have any touchdowns. Lovett doesn't have any touchdowns. Evan Ford. Kevon should Ford have, one. have one. Kevon should have one, definitely. We'll talk about that. Actually, no, we'll talk about it right now. What the hell happened in that play? Um, um, so, first of all, he made the wrong cut. Hey, he should have just cut inside. You think a little bounced it outside? Or, or cut inside earlier? Okay. Yeah. Um, he, and Brenton Strange absolutely whiffed yeah. so badly on that block. I, I, I put 80% of the fault on that play on Brenton Strange and 20 on Kevon. Cause the yeah, whole I thought Kevon had a chance he, to maybe bounce he still could have gotten out me. after he got beat. Like I, I, after... I, I could be misremembering and he should have gone out instead of in whatever it was. No, 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 no. You're, I think you're, I think you're right. But I think also once, once he was beat and the, the guy was in the backfield, maybe if you're a faster running back, you're able to bounce that. I don't know. Um, but yeah, like I said, Noah Kane's the only guy who's gotten in the end zone. Uh, our other rushing touchdowns come from Cliff and from Tyler Warren and that like wildcat thing we do. So um, I, I don't think you're going to sit Noah Kane. I think you're just going to start to see that shift where Kevon probably gets more touches um, than he has been. Yeah, honestly, I'd like to see no. I don't want. I don't think you need to sit him, but I would like to see him as you know the sort of goal line guy, like exactly where Kevon got the ball last game in in yeah. the red zone on your you know third and one fourth and one and in that role he had with journey brown like in the fourth quarter when the defense is tired let him punch one up the middle and maybe break it loose yeah i think that's fair because that's that's what a lot of uh, a lot of people talk about is like you know he was so good freshman year he hasn't been able to recapture that he also wasn't the lead back right like journey was there so um maybe maybe he's battling something maybe there is an injury that we don't know about and it's holding him back Maybe it's a new scheme. Maybe he's not adjusting to the new scheme as quickly as we would like him to. You got to remember, this guy was out of football for an entire year, right? So to come back ma managing your physical recovery, your mental recovery, right? After you're out for that long, it takes some time to be comfortable again, to be confident again. I'm not saying that's the case, but you never know. Um, so, so balancing both of that, learning a new scheme, having the pressure from some, some other guys, you know, that are, are doing it on the field, it's a lot to handle. Yeah, I mean, you almost hope that it's the 
maybe he hasn't adjusted to the new scheme or something. Because, man, if it's an injury, that's three in three years. Yeah. He ended yeah, his I hope year not. with one, missed his entire sophomore year with one. And, like, you really hope it's not injury problems a third year in a row. Yeah, that would be awful. So to, to answer CJ's game, uh, CJ's question, do you sit him this game and give him the bye? Again, I don't think you sit him, but I, I, it wouldn't shock me if Kevon Lee is dead in the first series at Iowa. Like that, that I think is earned at this point. Um, I, I wouldn't shock me at all if Kevon Lee is your starting running back uh, and you see Noah as the second guy out there in, in the next series or something like that. Um, and then if it is an injury, maybe maybe that bye week helps him and he gets back. So we'll see. Um, Shout out John Lovett, too. We're not talking about him a lot, but he is he's he's explosive. He's shifty. I think he's easily our fastest running back. That's one thing with Kivon. I love him, but you know, he doesn't have that that top end speed at the end of those runs, that 44. Yeah. You know, he he bursts and he's not he's not gonna completely run away from a defense. Uh, so shout out John Lovett. He's been a very nice uh, change of pace guy as well. Uh, anything else on the running backs before I get to my second award? Um, you know, it just it felt good to see some production out of the backfield this game. It wasn't a dominant performance on the ground by any means, but it was good. It was a stepping stone. It was better than it's been. Absolutely. And it was nice to see some chunk plays, right? You know, we, yes. we haven't seen long runs this season. So uh, I, I completely agree. All right. Um, my second award, unfortunately, this is not, not a pop culture reference. We've been doing a lot of movies. You got some songs. This is just a, 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 what I think right now. Uh, this is the whole is greater than the sum of its parts award. Is greater than the sum of its parts. Um, I mean, that could go to like the defense in general. Um, it could go even to, even like Sean Clifford, maybe. You're on the right track. In parentheses, I said probably could give it to the whole defense, but I'm actually giving this to the secondary. And and I like I, it. I, it kind of it kind of sounds like a slight like hey they're not that great individually, but together they're good. I mean it the other way. They're pretty damn good individually, but something is happening in that defensive backfield that the four, even five of them add Daquan Hardy in there, are playing so well together and feeding off each other. The energy is there. The, the hits are there. The interceptions are there. It's, it's something magic is happening in that defensive backfield, and the whole we are seeing is playing really, really damn well. Um, Six of our seven interceptions this year has come from our DBs. Naturally, you should have your interceptions come from DBs, but, you know, there's always linebackers thrown in there and whatnot. Uh, Jair Brown has three interceptions. Joey Porter Jr., Daquan Hardy, Jaquan Brisker with one apiece. Uh, the only other one coming from Jesse Lucchetta on that ridiculous one-hander. Um, there, there are some chunk plays here and there, um, but, but nothing that's killed us, nothing that's beaten us. And, and I remember – I remember last year and even the year before, we, I talked so many times on this podcast, again, not being a huge X's and O's guys, I would talk about how we're just late. We're just late. There's a safety running over the top that's not where he's supposed to be, and we're getting beat in coverage. And it was frustrating at times to see our secondaries getting diced up, and it just doesn't feel that way now. So even in this game, uh, Tariq Cashel-Fields got beat on one play. I think it was a double move on the left sideline. Yeah, he, he recovers hard. He, yeah. he bit. He got beat, but he recovers enough to make the tackle. What happens the next play or the two plays after that? Boom, Joey Porter Jr. interception. So it, it just seems like even when things are going a little bit wrong, someone's there to pick it up. Um, and it's just they're gelling really well. So shout out to the secondary. Like I said, probably could have given this to the entire defense. But I wanted to highlight the secondary because I think, I think they're playing really damn well. Absolutely. I love it. All right. Uh, those are your awards presented by us. Um, 
let's let's jump into some Twitter questions to spark spark some topics here, and then anything we don't cover, we'll hit at the end. So we hit the running backs already. Let's stay with the defense. Um, we've gotten a couple of questions on the defense. So CJ Scalzetti says, "Is this the best team defense of the James Franklin era?" Um, it's a very very direct question. Uh, Mark Brower, Browcast seventy seven, says, "Is this the best bend don't break defense we've seen at Penn State?" So, Pat, what are your thoughts? Is this the best defense we've seen under James Franklin? It just might be. I mean, we're looking at the most points we've given up is 20 to Auburn. Let me, we are let me averaging. Some, we are, I got you. We are averaging like what, 12, 11 points a game? 12 points per game, which where do you think that ranks in, in the scoring defense ranks in the nation? That's got to be like only behind Georgia. Maybe there's behind, like one or two other teams, but. It is number three in the country behind Georgia. And guess who we're playing next week? Iowa. Iowa, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So Georgia, Georgia is lights out. Yeah, I mean, there's arguments they should. I think that defense teams. has scored more points than it's let up. Yeah, which is insane. Um, but yeah, but that's let's not focus on. I'm pretty sure that's actually. No, true. I think no, I think you're I think you're 100 right. They're they're playing unbelievably well. They were a feature on game day, um, and I was I was played a really good defense as well. So like yeah. I, it is what it is. But 12 points per game against a couple of good opponents. Or seemingly good opponents. Talk about what you want, what they've done after they've played us. Um, that's pretty damn good. Uh, I think, like, I mean, I just shouted out the secondary. I think the secondary is, uh, I think they're the best of the James Franklin era, which is crazy because we've had some really good corners and safeties um, in the past. You know, we we've had the Amani Amani Oruarie played incredible during his time at Penn State. John Reed had moments where he looked amazing. Marcus Allen was fantastic. Lamont Wade, his last year was really good. But I think again, as a whole. The secondary isn't playing, playing incredibly well. Um, and the front seven is getting the job done. Like, it, again, it, it, the stats aren't earth-shattering. I think right now we have eight sacks through five games. Um, that's not great. I think that's the, honestly the most concerning thing about the defense is the lack of sacks. Yeah, that, that, that puts us on pace for 20 for the season. I'm, I'm trying to remember a stat because I remember a graphic, and I could be wrong, but wasn't there a stat during the Sean Spencer years where they said, like, three years in a row with 40-plus sacks? Am I misremembering that? That, right. that I think right. it was. I think it was. So we, we got used to like 40-plus sacks. Or we had, we had some incredible talent on, on the defensive line and in the defensive ends. So I think when you talk best team D, all that matters is how many points you're letting up. And, yeah, we're, we're, we're lights out right now. This, this team is, is, is Ben Don't Break. This game in Indiana, after Clifford threw the interception, we stopped them on downs in the red zone. That, that was momentum right there. I was like, all right. I trust this defense. I'm not worried whatsoever. Yeah, I mean, it, it has been just so no problem, you know? Uh, I mean, you got worried for, like, moments in the Wisconsin and Auburn games just because the game itself was close. But I can't remember the last time I've, I've felt this comfortable with a lead. Yeah. Yeah, and that's like, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into an Iowa preview later this week, but, um, you know, you saw Iowa really kind of tear apart Maryland at times there. Um, I think that just showed us that, that Maryland is not nearly as good as we thought they were. Like, I still feel I, – I, obviously, I know it's going to be a, a tight game and it'll be a battle, but, like, I'm not super scared. And I, maybe I'll knock on wood, maybe I'll do a little dance. I shouldn't have said that out loud. But, like, I, I trust our de- – I feel good about our defense. Like, I, I, don't, I don't sit there and say, you know, we really can't match up with those guys. They're, they're more talented than us. They're, they're faster. They're bigger. They're stronger. Like, we're just playing that good. Yeah, um, I, I, I would tend to agree with that. 
Uh, we have one other question on the defense from uh, Drew Cagle. Cagle's Bagel, shout out. Uh, it says, has Joey Porter Jr. been the most impressive DB so far this season? I called him getting a pick six last week, so I'll take partial credit for that pick. Please update the record books. Uh, Drew Cagle gets partial credit on that, that pick. So Joey Porter gets half. Yeah, yeah we'll give Joey Porter and 75. Cagle gets an assist. Cagle gets 25, yeah, for sure. Assist, nice. Um, do you think Joey Porter's been the most impressive D-back this season? I yeah, overall I do think so because he's been he's got the interception and he's been just locked down in coverage and he's been a really good tackler. Um, I think you know uh, Jair Brown has been the biggest surprise. He's yep. been like the sort of um, most impressive, like based off where you thought he would be. Correct. But I think playing the best is probably Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I was going to say you can make a case for Jair, but I think it's more of like we just didn't know what we were going to get. Joey Porter Jr. showed it last year that like he's a damn good cover corner. Um, and I like that he can be used like you know at the line of scrimmage too. Like They'll bring him up. They'll blitz him. They'll let him play there at times. Um, and the same with Brisker. You see, you see Brisker in the backfield. It uh, gives you those Marcus Allen vibes of a safety who can, who can come down, play in the box, and, and lay the lumber. Um, so, so, yeah, I'll give it to Joey. But I think, again, as a group, um, they're just playing so well. Daquan Hardy had a great play this game. Uh, they, they threw a fade up into the end zone. There's some pushing on both sides. Probably could have called it either way, but great coverage. Um, I'm just, I'm really, really impressed with the secondary coming from a guy who is not the greatest football IQ person in the world. They passed the eye test is what I'm saying. Yes. Um, all right. What else we got here from Twitter questions? Uh, we talked about the running backs. We talked about the defense. Uh, oh, a little foreshadowing. Uh, like I talked about before, another transfer who's just been unbelievably valuable for us, Jordan Stout. Uh, so CJ, our guy CJ Scalzetti says, is Stout actually a better punter than Blake Gillikin was? Sure. Let's 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 let's, let's remind <laughs> let's let's remind I'll the say audience. It, yes. <laughs> let's remind the audience. Jordan Stout uh, comes in two years ago as a transfer from Virginia Tech. He is touted as the kickoff guy who's going to hit touchbacks for, for basically in his sleep, which as advertised touchback, Jesus, we, we have not had a kickoff return against us at all this season. There was someone corrected me on Twitter. There was one that went out of bounds. So it was a penalty, but no one has actually brought a ball out of the end zone against us this season. Um, so he's brought in as that, and he was brought in as the long field goal guy. He was going to kick the long field goals. Pinnaker was going to kick the short field goals this season. He's taken over all of that. And oh, by the way, yeah, he threw punting in under his belt when Blake Gillikin graduated. Last year, decent. He was a good punter. Uh, this year, through five games, he is averaging 48 and a half yards on his punts, which is good for seventh in the country. Uh, looked up Gillikin's career average. What do you think of this? Sorry, give me stouts again. Stouts is 48 and a half yards. 48 and a half. I'm going to say Gillikin was like 46. Close, but you're giving him even a little too much credit. His career average is 43. Okay. So you're looking at Jordan Stout, a guy who was not a punter. Um, and I think he always had the ability to, but he never did it in games. Uh, he, he takes over, and he's averaging five and a half yards better than a guy that I look back at as, like, one of my favorite players. I loved Gilkin as a punter, and, and this is not knocking Gilkin. He's still very good, very effective. Um, but Stout's averaging damn near 50 yards a punt. That is game-changing. 
that that flips the script that yeah, changes reverses the field, the field. Position. yeah like that's huge man um so yeah i don't think we need to really i don't think it matters if he's better than gilkin what i think matters is he's crushing it this season and as we get into the the thick of the schedule and we're playing iowa and ohio state and michigan those punts are gonna matter so Shout out Jordan Stout. I didn't give. I almost gave him an award this this week, but then I saw this question. I figured I'd just save it for the question. But Jordan Stout's been a pleasant surprise. I know he's missed a couple of field goals, but as a whole, co offense, uh, co special teams play Big Ten Player of the Week. I'll tell you week, what. Since he's week been one, he's been nothing but good. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I think that's all of our Twitter questions. So, uh, what else we got for this game? What do you? What else do you want to touch on? Um, you know, I think the most concerning thing to me about this game if we're going to get negative for a second is that i think in the trust tree i think indiana came in with a good game plan on defense and you kept hearing the announcer say we're like they're just playing to limit the chunk plays and let me tell you if that was a better team it would have worked you know yeah like if iowa comes in with that game plan that could be trouble because I don't know if we'll be able to run the ball as well against what's been a very good Iowa defense. Um, and, you know, this was probably Sean Clifford's worst game this season, I'd say. Yeah, from a, I mean, from a statistical standpoint, absolutely. He was, what, 17 of 33 for 178 yards, three touchdowns and, and an interception. We've, we've kind of talked about how, uh, you know, he's had two interceptions this season, but we really weren't worried about it. This one was bad. It happened. This one, yeah, I, I, this one was sloppy. I think he just um, – I, I think he just really didn't see uh, that. No, he safety. definitely didn't. Um, he had Parker Washington coming from the right side of the field, crossing over the middle. Safety was on the left side of the field and just, just jumped it. Um, it's a bad and, interception. And the thing it is, that, yeah, like in zone coverage, you have to know that safety is there. Right. Especially right. It's a bad interception. He knows it. He knows it wasn't good. But, <laughs> yeah, it's, it, to, your, to your original point of the game plan um, – yeah, 17 for 33. There, there, there were some missed opportunities. Even if they were trying to just take away the chunk play, there were some missed opportunities for sure. Yeah, and just like, you know, they did a decent job at forcing a couple, you know, punts and three and outs. We, we scored yeah. once every quarter, you know? Yeah, yeah, and that's that's to to go back to the beginning of uh, beginning of the episode. We said, you know, do we do we think we should have beaten them by more? You know, is this is this concerning? Um, it, it's hard to say because yeah, when you look at it, we we definitely could have executed better. We had chances that we we didn't capitalize, and they're not a good team. Like yeah, we we should be putting up the fifty six nothings that you see some of the top teams do, um, but but it just didn't happen. So I don't know exactly what drives that. I don't know if it's you know where we're getting a little too comfortable, where we're Cliff, again, for everything great that he's done, maybe maybe gets a little comfortable when he's playing a lesser team. I don't know. Um, but I, I also don't think it's something I'm super, super worried about. The things, the things that I was worried about coming into the season, uh, Cliff is still excelling at. Uh, his pocket presence still blows my mind. Um, coming from where we were last season, where this guy would give up on his first read and take off, and the entire defense knew that was coming so they could just shut him down. He has been so good in the pocket, evading defenders, running only when he needs to. Like, he, I think that's been such a huge improvement. Like, he really is getting through his progressions, extending the plays. Uh, and when he, he takes off, he's, he's getting chunk plays. Um, I think something that I've just loved is, like, he's done it at least three or four times now where he runs right up to the line of scrimmage like he's about to run and then last second pops it. Uh, the, the touchdown to Brenton Strange, uh, the first touchdown of the game, was, was that. Looks like he was going to take off. Nope, just kidding. Got him. Um, he, he keeps the defense honest that way. So, um, 
Do you want more than a 50% completion? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's not something I'm super, super worried about looking at it, uh, you know, from what he's done the entire season. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't say I'm worried about him specifically. It's just like, you know, it, the game plan. Yeah. Yeah. Like if so, like I said, if a better team decides to play us like that, are we in for a rough day? Yeah, and I think that's where, you know, Mike Yerstich season comes alive is, hey, how do you react, right? You, you saw something now. You saw where a team can take away some of some of your, your things that have been working. What else you got in the playbook? What else do you have up your sleeve? And, you know, like I said, I've, I've given him credit for, you know, we, we've started to see this offense doing what it's capable of doing. Um, anytime you put in a new offense, it's going to take a couple of weeks to get going, especially when we have some big games in those first couple of weeks. You can't, you can't implement everything. So maybe there's an element of that in this game. Maybe they were trying things and, and working out the kinks on some things that didn't work. You know, I, I don't know the answer. That's me just kind of theorizing here. Um, but if this game serves as a let's figure out what works and what doesn't work so that we are ready to execute against Iowa, no one's going to give a shit about 24, nothing like that's a win. That's, yeah. that's fine. True. Um, yes. Shout out cliff. Uh, I think he's still doing a lot of really good things. Um, we talked about the running backs receivers, um, kind of a, kind of a, a down game in general. Jahan crushed again, eight for 84 with two touchdowns. Uh, but Parker Washington, only two for 30. Keandre Lambert Smith, only two for 25. Um, I talked about in our preview, like, don't be surprised if, uh, you know, if one of the receivers has a down day, uh, they, they have a really talented cornerback on Indiana. I don't know if he was covering someone individually, um, but basically Jahan Dotson doesn't matter who's, who's covering him. He's going to, he's going to ball out regardless. Um, and we kind of, we kind of covered the defense already. So, I think uh, I think we covered most of most of what's going on in this game. Anything else you want to you want to touch on here? Yeah, I mean, there's not much else to talk about. It was um, not dynamic, but it was dominant, and at the same time, you know, there's when you don't let up a single point, there's not a ton to discuss. Yeah, and you look at you look at like the yardage. Indiana was held to 60, 69 rushing yards. Nice, okay. um, the, you know, it, it's two under two hundred passing yards. Penix Penix was ten of twenty two for one eighteen with an interception Tuttle who they, now did Penix get hurt or did they just bring Tuttle in? Cause they were getting beat. He got I, I could. Okay. I was, I was watching like the condensed version on YouTube. Uh, like I couldn't tell. Got it. So Tuttle came in six of 12 for 77 and one interception. So, um, you know, didn't matter. Like the defense was there. They were ready. So I think that's all we got. Uh, thank you everyone for writing in as always. Uh, great questions. I think there's, there's, continued optimism i think the run game got a little bit better i think cliff showed us he can still do the things that we were worried about and we got a top five matchup on our hands in iowa city at kinnick it's a day game 4 p.m uh so thankfully we don't have the the nighttime crowd but it's going to be a tough one um we got the preview coming later this week but any uh any any teasers what do you what are your feelings and inklings on this game overall nothing specific i think it's gonna be very big 10 very big 10 you're so you're saying we're winning six to four classic <laughs> classic penn state iowa score yeah we will be back later this week for a preview we'll break it all down we'll look at what iowa's done well where they might be exposable is that a word exposable sure um and we'll we'll break it all down for you so thank you guys for writing in penn state is five and oh number four in the country and we keep rolling one to know every week baby one to know one to know one to know we are